Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Hey guys, this is awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Like Lucas said, my name is Leah. And whether you are in the room here today, or maybe you're watching online, or maybe you're listening to me a couple days from now on our podcast, Whoever you are, wherever you are, we are so excited that you're here with us today. And I'm really believing that God has a message that he wants to share through me, and I'm really excited to get into it. So I know a lot of you actually don't know who I am, so I thought I would do a bit of an introduction. So like I said, my name is Leah Weens. I am 28 years old. I live in Promontory with two amazing roommates and one very fat cat named Jasper. There's a photo that's gonna go up, there he is. Oh, he's so cute. I don't know if you guys heard me speak, I spoke like a year ago now at Southside and I mentioned Jasper and I mentioned that he was on a weight loss journey. We adopted him at 24 pounds and I know a lot of you are just on the edge of your seat, you're wondering how he's doing, where he's at, what's he, what is he weighing in at today and so I thought I would let you know that today uh, Jasper is not weighing 24 pounds but he's weighing 26 pounds. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's not going well, I don't know what else we could do. Like we live in a house with three different floors, he runs up and down the stairs, he's on weight loss food. So if you guys have any tips, if you're like a cat weight loss expert, email me at leah at southsidelife.com. I would love to hear from you. Clearly we need some help. Another fun fact about me that none of you are asking for, but I'm gonna give it to you anyways, is that I got to meet my first nephew for the first time last Tuesday. Oh, his name is Bo Ambrose, and we love him a lot. I am a little bit sad, though. I'm definitely losing to my sister right now. She's winning the Best Auntie Award because she bought him that onesie. If you're listening to me and you can't see the picture, my nephew looks exactly like Jack-Jack from The Incredibles, and she bought him a, an Incredibles onesie, and it's awesome. So he is all of our hero, and we, I'm so excited to be here. I'm all smiles because I'm here, but I'm honestly also smiling because I'm still riding high from getting to meet Bo for the first time on Tuesday. Uh, what else about me? I went to school and I studied history and French, which is really random. And then I ended up working at a church, more specifically this church, Southside Church. And it has been such an adventure. It's been such a journey. You know, I wish that I could take you back six years and take you all the way through the experience that it's been. But you know what? We can't, we can't do that. I'm praying maybe we can do that in heaven one day. But if I could summarize it for you, I would just say that I can see so clearly God's hand in this church. I can see how he's been guiding us, how he's been strengthening us, how he's been with us, and how he's had a plan and continues to have a plan and a purpose for this church that's so significant. And it's affecting generations and it's impacting eternities. And so that's what I wanna focus on a bit today. I wanna focus on purpose. Because I feel like I could say that. I could say that God has an incredible and significant purpose and plan for Southside Church and everybody in this room would probably nod along and say, yeah, I think that's true. I think God does have an amazing purpose for Southside Church. But you know, I feel like if I took Southside Church out of that sentence and put your specific name in there and said that you have an amazing purpose, that God has a significant plan for your life, that it might be a little bit harder for you to believe. So I wanna talk about that today. God's amazing and significant plan and purpose for your life. So first, Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you that we get to gather together. And God, thank you that you promised that where two or more are gathered, there you are also. And that you speak through people, you speak through people like me even, just to bring a message of hope and a message of encouragement. So I pray that you would do that today, that you would speak to our hearts, and then we get to know you and your love for us just a little bit better. In Jesus' name, amen. So about a month ago, I went to Tofino with a group of my friends. And it was really fun and I was super excited, but I was also really nervous 
because you know I've kind of had this general opinion of myself all throughout my life that I'm a relatively athletic person. Like I'm not like a superstar athlete, but if there's some kind of generic athletic competition happening or sports game, you can throw me in and I'm gonna do okay, I'm gonna be at least average. But that opinion of myself <laughs> changed suddenly and drastically when I decided that I wanted to go snowboarding for the first time in a long time last winter. And I don't really have time to go into the full story with you, but I will summarize it like this. If you have ever wondered if it's possible to be so bad at snowboarding that you end up snowboarding out of bounds, like where there's trees and rocks and creeks and stuff, and so far out of bounds, in fact, that you end up kind of sliding down to the edge of a cliff like eight feet above a stream, if you've ever wondered that, it is possible to do, because I did it. I'm telling you from personal experience, you can be that bad at snowboarding. So we were going to Tofino, and I was super excited. I was having these daydreams about, you know, we're gonna spend time by the campfire, and we're gonna walk along the beach, and it's gonna be so beautiful but interlaced in those daydreams were like flashes of just potential things that could go wrong while I was surfing because I learned that I was bad at board sports. So I'd have these like flashes of me getting caught in like a riptide or hitting my head on a rock in the ocean or just getting pulled out to sea never to be found again. So I was excited, but I was also nervous. And so we went to Tofino and the second day was the day that I was gonna go surfing for the first time. And I realized that it kind of sounds like I'm about to set up like the most epic story of all time with like a rising action and a climax and a falling action and twists and turns of suspense. And I have to tell you right off at the front that it actually isn't a story like that. It's more of like a generic description of my experience surfing. But I feel like I need to share it with you. I want to share it with you because I feel like it's going to provide an, uh, a nice illustration for us as we look into God's purpose and God's plan for our life. So my experience surfing, I would describe it in three phases. Sitting, paddling, and surfing. So the first phase was sitting. So basically you have your wetsuit on and you have your surfboard and you wade out into the ocean about waist deep. And if you pause and look around, you'll see that there's actually a lot of people at this point and they're just sitting on their surfboards and they're just relaxing, they're taking it in. And I know this sounds kind of dramatic, but I feel so myself in the water. Like I remember being little and swimming around in my pool in the backyard and actually thinking to myself that I felt completely like myself. I don't know if that's just me, like did you guys make synchronized swimming routines in your pool and just think you were like this beautiful majestic person? Yeah, so that was me and I still feel that way. So I waded into the water and I was waist deep and I was sitting on my surfboard and completely honestly I could tell you if that's all that we did, if that was the surfing experience, just sitting there on my surfboard in the water, feeling like myself, taking it all in, I would have been so, so happy. There was so much purpose in it. But eventually the time came where we wanted to actually go surfing. And if you're gonna go surfing, you have to make it from the shallow end of the ocean to the deep end of the ocean. So you have to go way out into the ocean to catch like the big, surf, the big waves that you wanna surf. But in order to get out there, you have to make it through what I'm gonna call the in-between. And so the in-between is between the shallow end and the deep end, and it's just a bunch of waves that you don't wanna surf, but you have to make it through. And so you get onto your surfboard and you lay on your stomach and you start to paddle and then you make your way through the waves. And if it's kind of a small enough wave, you can float over top of it kind of, it's really nice. But if it's like a medium to biggish size wave, you have to like grab the front of your board and kind of put your face down on the tip of it and like pencil dive through it. So it can be kind of hectic, but you have to just keep paddling no matter what, or you get stuck in the in-between. So you paddle, 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 and then you float over the wave and you pencil dive and paddle, 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 float, pencil dive. And eventually you break through into the deep end. And it's so beautiful, it's calm and peaceful because it's before all those waves start to form. And then you just sit on your board again and you wait for a bigger wave, a wave that you want to surf. And so you're looking out into the horizon and you know it's a wave that you want to surf if it's a wave that starts forming way before all the other ones because that means it's going to be bigger and more beautiful and more fun to surf. 
And so when you see that wave, you look around you and you see if anyone else is kind of gearing up to surf that wave, and if not, then it's yours to catch. And so you point your board towards the beach and you start to paddle, and if all goes well, the wave will hit you in the back and kind of like lock you into position and carry you all the way to shore. And if all goes well, if you're a beginner surfer like me, what you try and do is just stand up on your board at some point between getting hit in the back by the wave and getting to the beach. If you're a professional surfer, you do way cooler things than that, but that was my goal. And Pastor Mike wanted me to share with you today that I did end up getting up on my surfboard several times, which was very exciting. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I didn't know if I would like it. You know, I'm honestly not much of an adrenaline junkie. I don't like cliff jumping or bungee jumping or skydiving or anything like that. But I loved surfing. It was so exciting. And the whole process, the whole experience is kind of addicting because you have like that beginning sitting phase, which is just beautiful and restful. And then you have the paddling phase, which is kind of like also addictive because you get better at it and you're getting tired, but you're also getting stronger and you're getting better at assessing the waves. And then you have the surfing part, which is just plain exciting. It's just so much fun. And so you surf and surf and surf and surf. Eventually you go back to have a snack or something and you realize you thought it had been an hour, but it had been like four. And it's just so much fun. And I tell you that because I think all of you should go surfing at some point. Like if I can surf, you can surf and you should try it. But I also tell you that story because like I said before, I think that it provides a really amazing illustration for us as we try and look deeper into God's plan and into God's purpose for our life. So if I was to break down purpose, your purpose, our purpose in life with God into two things. I would break it down firstly to being and secondly to becoming. So firstly being or more specifically being with God. You know in the Bible in Genesis we read that at the very beginning of time God created everything. He created mountains and he created oceans. He created bears and sharks and lizards and galaxies. He created absolutely everything that exists and he said that it was good. And then God created men and women. He created Adam and Eve and he said that they were very good. And I just wanna pause there for a second and just ask the question, why? Like why did God create men and women? Why did God create Adam and Eve in the first place? You know, I'd suggest to you that God didn't need any like tiny little human helpers. He had just created absolutely everything that exists. I suggest to you today that God created Adam and Eve, he created men and women, he created people because he wanted to, because he loved them, because he wanted to be with them. The Bible actually tells us that God was with Adam and Eve and he walked around with them in the garden. He created them because he wanted to, because he loved them, because he wanted to be with them. And I would suggest to you today that that's the same purpose for you as well. God created you specifically because he wanted to, because he loves you, and because he wants to be with you. Pastor Mike says it sometimes that before you came to exist, you were actually a thought in the mind of God. I think that's so beautiful. God thought of you, he thought of every single thing that makes you, you, and he wanted you to exist. Why? because he loves you, because he wants to be with you. The Bible says that before you were born, God knew you. It says that he knit you together, that he knows every single hair on your head, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And not only that, the Bible says that God delights in you, that he rejoices over you. He created you because he wanted to, because he didn't want the world without you, because he loves you, he likes you, and he wants to be with you. And I know already there's so many people that are listening to me or are here in the room or maybe you're in your bedroom or wherever you are and you're just discounting yourself already. 
you know, like maybe God could love a version of you, a version of you that grew up going to Sunday school every single Sunday, or a version of you that didn't make the mistakes that you made, or a version of you that doesn't hang out with the friends that you hang out with or have the habits that you have, a version of you that doesn't swear or smoke or drink. Like maybe God could love like a perfect Christian, tight-laced version of you, but there's no way that God could love you as you are today. You know, you're not really a God loves me type of person. But I feel like God sent me as a messenger to you today with a very clear and a relatively blunt message. And I feel like the message is this. You could not be more wrong. Like just think about that for a second. You couldn't be more wrong. God sent a very, very clear message when he sent the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when Jesus came from heaven to the earth, he was announced as Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God so desperately wanted to be with you specifically that he sent Jesus to the earth and Jesus lived a perfect life and then he died on the cross and the Bible says that when he died on the cross, he took your shame, he took your shortcomings, he took your sins, he took your mistakes on his shoulders and he died and he rose again, putting them to the grave, putting them to death and now the Bible says that nothing can separate you from God's love. The Bible says that we can draw near to God, he will draw near to us, that we can approach God with confidence, that when Jesus died and rose again, he reconciled you to God. Or in other words, he renewed your primary purpose of being with God. And so there's nothing that you can do to make him love you more, there's nothing you can do to make him love you less, there's nothing that you need to prove to him. He already did it all to be with you. And now all you have to do is just accept it. Accept the fact that there is a God out there that created you specifically because he wanted to, because he loves you, and because he wants to be with you. And the crazy thing is that when we accept that and when we let God into our lives, we're walking on a primary purpose of our life, and we find contentment, we find peace, we find joy, we find purpose, when we realize that we are known and loved, and we know and love a God who created us, who wants to be with us. And if I could compare that to a part of my surfing experience, I would say it's a lot like sitting on your board in the shallow end of the ocean. You know, I said that I would have been completely okay if that's all that I did while I was surfing, just sit there. Just me, just you, just with God. It's enough. He loves you. There's nothing you need to do. He loves you fully and completely and totally as you are right now. And I think that primary purpose is an invitation. It is an invitation to enough. You are enough. What Jesus did for you is enough. A life lived with God is enough. It's purpose. And so if our primary purpose in life is to be with God, I would suggest we have a secondary purpose too. And I think that's to become. And if our purpose of being with God is a lot like sitting on your surfboard in the shallow end of the ocean, and if it's an invitation to enough, I would suggest to you that this secondary purpose of becoming is a lot more like the paddling and the surfing part of surfing, and it's an invitation to more. You know, the second day that I went surfing, day three of our little Tofino vacation, I spent a lot of time in the shallow end. I actually sat on my board probably for like 20 or 30 minutes, just sitting there, just being. And at one point I looked up and my boyfriend Henry was coming to the shore, to the beach. I thought maybe he was done for the day or whatever. And then he walked up to me with this big smile and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, like, I'm just sitting here, like, taking it all in. Like, honestly, the waves look kind of, like, scary out there, so I just, you just go for it. And then again, with a big smile, he's like, what are you talking about? It's prime surfing weather out there. Come on, let's go. And then he literally just, like, ran back into the ocean. 
And in that moment, I was faced with the decision. <laughs> I could just stay and sit on my board. I don't think Henry would have liked me any more or liked me any less. Or I could follow him into the ocean and trust him that it was prime surfing weather. And so I did, I followed him out there and it was honestly kind of scary, the waves were a bit tumultuous, but it was fun and I did enjoy myself, it was an adventure and I think I became a better surfer for it. You know, the more time that we spend being with God, the more we let him into our life, I feel the more you're gonna hear Jesus whisper to you and tap you on the shoulder and say, come on, follow me. In Matthew 28, after Jesus rose from the dead and before he ascended into heaven, he said to a group of people, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Disciple actually means follower of Jesus. Jesus wants us to follow him. But why? Like if we don't need to prove anything to God, if there's nothing that we could do to make him love us more and nothing we could do to make him love us less, why would we follow him into anything? Well, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, for he who knew no sin, became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus wants us to become righteous. Or in other words, he wants us to become right. He wants us to become fully and completely and totally the people that he has created us to be. He wants you to become the youest version of you. He wants me to become the meest version of me. He wants us to become fully confident, fully bold, free, unencumbered filled with faith and hope and life and light and peace to share. He wants you to become. And you know, just like you don't become a better surfer without going into the waves and paddling and surfing and falling and paddling and surfing and falling, I don't think we become the people that Jesus created us to be without following him into the places that he's calling us to follow him. And you don't have to. You honestly don't. You can sit on your board in the shallow end and you will be completely and fully and totally loved and accepted by Jesus. But it's an invitation, it's an invitation to more. It's an invitation to become. Because as much as it's enough to sit on your board in the shallow end, I really believe that you were born to surf. Six years ago, I felt like Jesus tapped me on the shoulder and asked me to follow him into something. I felt like he asked me to work here at Southside Church. And so I said yes, and I followed him into that. And like I said earlier, it has been an adventure. It has been absolutely amazing and so fulfilling. But there's also been some waves. There's been some paddling. There's been times when I felt confused and overwhelmed and at the end of myself. And I remember one memory in specific where I felt at the end of myself. And I was in a basement suite. I lived in a tiny little basement suite at the time with my friend Brianna, she was singing earlier. And we actually shared a bedroom and like kid-sized bunk beds. It was an interesting time in our life. But anyway, I remember being completely overwhelmed and at the end of myself. And they say that prayer is deep thought before God. And my deep thoughts before God went something like, I can't do this, I can't do this. I can't do this, I can't do this. I was so overwhelmed. And I felt like God spoke to me in that moment and just said to my heart, pray for the things that you want. And so just completely overwhelmed, I fell into my bed. I actually vividly, vividly remember it. I like stuffed my face in my pillow with my hands by my side. And like into my pillow, I was like, God, I need you to send someone to help me. That's what I want. And so the next day I woke up, I kept paddling, I went to work. I remember I sat down at my desk, I pulled my things out to get ready for the day and then I checked my phone and I had received a text message from one of my friends. And they were actually a really musically competent friend, which is great because a lot of the stress I was feeling had to do with music. And they texted me a message that went something like this. 
Hey, I know this is like really random and honestly kind of weird, but I feel like God asked me, and they were a waiter, so they worked in the evening. I feel like God asked me to help you every single day of the summer, eight hours a day for free. And I was like, oh, what? Like I actually could not believe my eyes. Like God had answered my prayer immediately overnight. And you know, God taught me so many things in that moment. Whether it was conscious or subconscious, he taught me that he didn't call me to work at Southside Church because he needed me. Clearly, he could tap anyone else on the shoulder and ask them to do it. And he didn't call me to work at Southside Church because I needed to prove anything to him. I had just face planted into my pillow in the most pathetic fashion, complaining that I couldn't do it. And he said, no, she's still the one for the job. She's still the one for the post. God called me out to work at Southside Church for me because he was gonna use it to transform me into the person that he created me to be. And when I look back from like six years ago to today, it has been such a process of becoming. And I have so much more to become. I have so much more to learn and so many ways that I'm gonna continue to grow, but I can just see so clearly how all along God was just chipping away, chipping away at everything that was not Leah. You know, six years ago, I was so, like, so insecure, and I was so scared about what was gonna happen next in my life. And now I stand here, and I'm just so much more confident in me, in who I am as Leah, in the Leahness of me, in all my quirks. I know that God created me that way for a reason. And I'm so much more confident in God, in the Godness of God, and how good he is, and how close he is, and how powerful he is. All along, I've been becoming. And when I look back too, I can see that it it wasn't just waves, it wasn't just turmoil and trials and paddling and striving. There were so many moments and there are so many moments of surfing too. I remember being in kindergarten and my teachers asking me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I remember answering, oh, I, I wanna be a piano player like my mom. And everybody laughed. I was like, what, like, is that not a profession? And then in grade six, people would ask me what I wanted to be and I'd say, oh, like, I wanna work in music. And they say like, oh, like, do you wanna teach? It's like, no, actually, I don't wanna teach. And they say like, oh, do you wanna perform? It's like, no, I don't really wanna perform either. And then they kinda look at me blankly like, well, what is left then? And I honestly didn't know what was left and then here I am and I get to work so closely with the music team here at Southside and it's not even about the music, it's not about performing, it's about creating these moments where we get to come together and just be in awe of God, just be grateful, just worship Him, just have a moment and connect with Him. And I'll be honest with you, when I'm on stage and those moments are happening, happening, it feels a lot like surfing to me. And I remember in elementary school, another elementary school memory, I remember, you know when those motivational speakers would come by and they would have an assembly of all the kids and someone would basically get up and say, you know, reach for the moon and you'll land upon the stars. And I was that kid that was like, yes. Like I loved the motivational speakers. And I remember thinking to myself, like I would love to do that one day. Like I would love to encourage people and speak to them. And it's almost like a laughable thought. You know, I was so shy in school that I actually could not put my hand up to answer a question. I remember in grade two, there was a choir. We had a grade two class choir and everybody sang, but I was so nervous and so shy that I actually refused to sing. So they had me play the triangle. So this whole class singing and then me playing the triangle. But it was like this heart desire of mine. And then I set it on this journey of becoming with Jesus and just step by step by step, he's led me. And now I get to have moments like this here and there where I get to speak to you and just knowing that something I'm saying might connect with someone in some kind of way, that feels a lot like surfing to me. 
There's a book called Narnia, a series called Narnia. <clears throat> and it's this amazing series about basically these main characters and it's a whole metaphor of a life of adventure lived with Jesus. So it's the main characters and this lion named Aslan. And Aslan is like Jesus in the metaphor. It's an amazing series, you should read it. But in the last book, there's a quote that I wanted to read to you. They basically end up in the Narnian version of heaven and they're exploring heaven and they're finding that it's so beautiful. And one of the characters exclaims, this is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. Come further up, come further in. As I was preparing for today, that quote popped into my mind, further up, further in. But I actually didn't put it in the rough draft of my talk. And then I handed my rough draft into Pastor Mike and he met with me and he went over my talk with me and it was awesome. And then later on in the week, he texted me. He's like, your talk reminds me of that quote from Narnia, further up, further in. And so I knew I had to add it back in there and I wanted to add something to the front. I wanna add, there's more to you. There's more to him, further up and further in. You know, in Narnia, they were talking about heaven and, and how it was just this endless adventure. There was always more, always more, always more. But we don't have to wait to heaven to experience more. There's so much more to you and there's so much more to him and he wants to call it out of you. There's so much more beauty, there's so much more confidence, there's so much more peace, there's so many more giftings in you that you need to see, that the world needs to see. There's so much more to you and there's so much more to him. And honestly, you can just sit on your board in the shallow end and that is completely fine. You know, if I didn't help with the music team at Southside Church and if I didn't preach this sermon here today, God wouldn't love me any less. But it's an invitation to more. It's an invitation to become. It's an invitation to surf because I really believe that you were born to surf. So I wanna to speak to two groups today and if you're not in the first group, hang tight, you're in the second group. And if you wouldn't mind, I would just love it if we can all close our eyes for a second as we just reflect together. So the first group that I wanna to talk to you today, I'm so excited to speak to you. You know, you're somebody that has not yet stepped into your primary purpose of being with God. God wants to be with you. God loves you. He created you. And your primary purpose in life is just to step into a life where He loves you, where you let Him love you, and where that's enough. And if God is just tugging on your heart today and telling you, hey, it's time, time to step into that life with me, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond. And so if you wanna invite Jesus into your heart, if you wanna invite him into your life for the first time today, I just ask you to raise your hand and then pray along with me in your heart. If you can raise it nice and high. Jesus has an amazing purpose for your life. Okay, I'm gonna pray if you wanna pray along with me in your heart. Jesus, thank you, thank you that you came to the earth and you died and you rose again so that I could be with you. Jesus, I accept you into my heart. I accept you into my life. God, I want to live a life with you and I accept everything that you did to make that possible for me. And Jesus, I wanna follow you. I wanna follow you into this abundant life of becoming. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can open your eyes. And the second group of you here today is all of us. See, I believe that Jesus is asking us to follow him into a life of abundance, a life of becoming. There's so much more to you, there's so much more to him. 
And what I want the second group of us to do today is just come before God and just ask him where he might be leading us. The band is gonna play one more song called Available. And I would just encourage you to use this as a time to come to him and just ask him where he's leading you. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that we have a serving fair happening today. We actually didn't plan that. But after the service today, there's gonna be all the different areas that you can serve at Southside Church laid out in the lobby. And I think you should serve. If you don't serve yet here at Southside Church, you should serve. Why? Because you'll become more who you were created to be. Because you'll find so much purpose in looking to others and laying your life down for others. And you'll get to know God more too. You'll see more of him. You should serve today. Or maybe there's something else, and I don't know what that something else is. I can only bring you this far. But maybe God wants you to apply to that university or that job or make that apology or hang out with that person. Maybe he wants you to do less and just spend more time resting with him. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm convinced that Jesus is always inviting us to more because he wants us to become who we were created to be and he's always inviting us further up and further in. So why don't you use this song as an opportunity just to reflect and ask God where he might be leading you today. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.